It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Karen Berry, who owns a commercial real estate company in Calgary, as well as uh, being an owner of a, a Beltline Cannabis, uh, also in the city. Thanks for joining us today, Karen. Thank you, Mark. Let's talk, first of all, uh, Karen, about the commercial real estate market in Calgary. Uh, now, you've been part of that for many years. Uh, this is the worst uh, you have ever seen it? Uh, certainly, it's some challenging times in commercial real estate. There's no doubt about it. I think that generally speaking, everybody is kind of trying to hang on with their fingernails and uh, hope that we get some some positive changes in terms of the uh, the po- political landscape that we've got. What do you mean by that? And maybe ex- uh, ex- explore that. Well, yeah, we, I, I just saw your post this morning, three recessions in 10 years and and uh, oil is obviously not the darling of Canada anymore. Uh, Alberta has been just slammed. It has been very, very difficult to make a living here for your family. And while we did have a boom market for some 20 years prior to the last 10, the last 10 have been uh, uh, very, very challenging. What are you hearing on the street when you're talking to fellow entrepreneurs and, and how they're feeling these days? Well, let's just say that there's a big divide between the haves and the have-nots. I think similar to anyone operating a business these days, uh, we are incredibly grateful at Beltline Cannabis, which is the daily operating company that I'm involved with right now. Uh, Very commercial real estate, for the most part, has almost dialed down to to, to virtually nothing in terms of uh, doing deals. Okay, let's talk about uh, Beltline Cannabis. Uh, Tell me how... uh, you got involved with that and, and why? Well, originally I purchased a building, a very old uh, 1908 house effectively that was commercially zoned uh, for our boutique investment shop called Berry Commercial Real Estate. And then as we, I think, churned through the second recession, I ended up moving uh, the company and then rented the space out to sort of a live work play lady. And the lease happened to coincide with right about the time legalization came forward. So I went to lease the building out to a third-party operator. And at the end of the day, after looking at the financials of the various people that were interested, I kind of stood back and said, hey, you know, if that's what the financials are to get up and going, I think I can put this over the goal line myself. Okay. Now, uh, uh, refresh my memory, but uh, you were one of the first uh, retail stores in Calgary, right? Yeah, to my knowledge, Mario, we got the first uh, fully licensed and compliant uh, license, I think maybe even Alberta. I know for sure it was Calgary because I had it videoed as I was walking up the steps and uh, I was like, okay, what license are we getting today? And he said, well, this is the first one I've given up. So, you know, coming from commercial real estate, there's no prize for second place. So I was very focused on getting in and getting in fast and making it happen. What has business been like for you on the, the cannabis side uh, in the in the year or so, year and a half, I guess now uh, that um, uh, legalization has taken place? Well, we certainly benefited from being uh, early adopters, uh, no doubt about that. 
Uh, subsequent to that, we now have uh, competition everywhere. So we have within you know a very small radius, probably six or seven stores. So it's leveled off to be what you would expect for a typical retail a retail business. Uh, it, it's a working business. It's it's not a license to print money. Uh, certainly, there's lots of expenses involved. But it's, it's, it's a solid business. And right now, quite frankly, I am, uh, as I said, incredibly grateful that, that, uh, that, that A, that we've got it, and then B, that we were deemed an essential service. And uh, while we've got frontline workers, our butt tenders are the best. And uh, just incredibly grateful. One of the things that I've uh, heard about over, over the last year is uh, some concerns that there may be an oversaturation uh, of cannabis stores in the market, especially like in urban markets. And you did make reference to all those stores uh, nearby you. Like, uh, do you think that there, there's the danger of uh, it being oversaturated? Well, I, 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 I'm a full capitalist when it comes to competition and, uh, and again, running down the street. In terms of the saturation, I, I've been asked or people have referenced Beltline and said, oh, well, you know, you're doing so well because you were the first in. Sure, at the beginning, that was an advantage. I truly think now um, being anchored, uh, we're right behind a Safeway. So effectively, we're the shadow anchor to a Safeway. And that, I got to tell you, has just saved our bacon. In addition to that, the Beltline is the highest density neighborhood in all of Calgary. So our drawing power is, is very high. However, uh, the three C's of cannabis purchasing is convenience, cost, culture. So it's convenience first, cost second, and culture third. And, and I'm hoping that Beltline continues to, to hit on all three. Okay, super. Let's talk a little bit about uh, being an entrepreneur, Karen. You've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. Tell me a, a little bit about... Uh, what you see as uh, the highlights of being an entrepreneur, you know, what you like about it? Well, uh, thank you for the question. I, I've done a lot of work on leadership and I've, I've had the opportunity to run uh, from a Canadian standpoint, uh, groups of people. And in that uh, study of leadership, uh, there was a specific guy that I studied, Peter Drucker. He's sort of the forefather of, uh, of leadership. And in there, he has a, a little book. I think it's a Harvard Business Review. And it's Knowing Oneself. So one day, I didn't have much to do. I read this. And in Knowing Oneself, you can pinpoint a little closer to what you're really good at. And I guess uh, when I reflect back on it, that what I'm very good at doing is starting companies. Um, at this point in time, there was nobody that I could go to as a mentor when I, when I started the first one, the second one, the third one, or the fourth one. And so now I've helped a couple of other people get off the ground with their, with their businesses because, let's face it, people are going to have to rethink their lives. So what is the key then uh, to starting up companies? Well, instead of the hunting pet, uh, which is what I went through, for me, it's very easy because you just go, you know, initially you get your domain name, whatever that might be, whatever thing jazzes you. And then you go further, you get a logo. Uh, you can source that out through offshore. You can source it out locally. Then you can get a website. You can do that fairly easily right now uh, through GoDaddy or even if you wanted to go, and I'm just saying GoDaddy, but it could be any provider. And then from there, once you get sort of a place marker in the world, uh, on the net, walk into a registry office, and for $300, you can be a president of a company. That, Mario, I will tell you, 
was a turning point for me at the ripe age of 42 when I started my first company. I couldn't believe that I had been fighting that glass ceiling to just get a vice president title for so many years. And then I walked in and for $300, I ended up as a president. In fact, I was, I think I was laughing and crying at the lawyer's office at the same time because I had had a parting of the ways over titling uh, at the previous job that I had been at. So I clearly hit the glass ceiling and I just needed to move out of the way. Kind of gives you a nice feeling uh, uh, having that title for yourself. Is it a, a bit of a validation for what, who you are, I guess? Well, somebody taught me really early on in commercial real estate, fake it until you make it. And uh, rest assured that the market will let you, I, I, I sort of say, you know, roll around the, the round file for a while to make sure that you can cut the mustard. Yeah. Uh, my first year in real estate uh, with my own company, I think I had three lawsuits. And I'm, I, I, my lawyer had said, you're getting the lawsuits because you're busier than other people. Meanwhile, I had been 19 years without any lawsuits. Uh, and I came just to the conclusion, some you win, some you lose, and some you settle. In that specific instance, we won all three. So it was... Well, truthfully, we settled one. Uh, I should have won it, but anyway. But that's the way it goes. Some you win, some you lose, and some you settle. Yeah, exactly. So um, what have the, been the biggest challenges for you for being an entrepreneur? I think knowing where to go. Uh, so it's a, tr it's a trial and error. Once you get someone into your stable, you're going to go back to them. Uh, being an entrepreneur, you always have to be on. There is never an off day. And you always have to be upbeat. And sometimes that's challenging, especially when you have to be the cook, the, the chef, the, the prep guy, the waiter, the, you know, whatever that business is, you, you touch every element of it. There isn't a thing that you cannot take responsibility for. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you know who Jim Gray is, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so for our listeners out there who don't, uh, Jim Gray is an icon in Calgary, veteran businessman in the city, uh, well attached to the oil and gas industry and, uh, and also a, a philanthropist. But I remember a couple of years ago, there was a, a videographer in Calgary, Jeff Bradshaw, who put together his website and it was called, I think it was called In It Together. And it was uh, about dealing with the recession. And uh, so uh, it, he had a bunch of these little video clips of, um, of prominent people, politicians and business leaders talking about the recession and, and dealing with it. Uh, for some reason, Jim Gray's uh, little um, spot kind of uh, resonated with me and sticks to me to this day. And, and basically what Jim Gray said was, in some t sometimes recessions aren't bad. And, and the reason he said that is because it it helps people and businesses focus on their business and what they're doing to take a, a real critical look at their business model, uh, a look at their spending and, and, and costs, et cetera. And, uh, and um, so that always resonated with me. And so I'm wondering from, from your perspective, what do you think businesses uh, are gonna learn from this current recession? Opportunity reveals itself at the time that you least expect. The only thing you need to be doing is paying attention. So I challenge everyone out there. Uh, certainly when things have come my way, I, I look at uh, a friend of mine that wrote a book and just in conversation, we came up with the name for his book. 
Uh, I look at others. Uh, my sister who started a company just 18 months ago, and now she's into the six figures in terms of top line revenue, uh, runaroundtown.ca in Toronto. It's cleaning. Now, who knew that with COVID, we were going to lean into cleaning? Yeah. What's so remarkable is that is that when you can find the opportunity in something, and I'll, I'll use my sister as an example. So she has cleaners and she ran a special on cleaning. Hallelujah. To clean your oven. So she went from $99 to $79. And then she sat every one of her cleaners down and they watched a YouTube video on how to clean an oven. It was, it was great. Yeah. Okay. So now as you look forward, uh, you, you know, in, in, you know, where do you see things uh, going? Uh, you know, once we get through this COVID uh, reality, uh, you know, where do you see things going for, for businesses out there? I think that businesses are going to have to re-engineer. I really do. And I also think that people in that middle age bracket are going to have to re-engineer. Mm. I think the reality is that the jobs will not be there. Uh, we've now changed our habits. So our habit isn't necessarily to go out and, and, and drop by on somebody. So we've now made this shift in our habits. But yet our minds haven't quite gotten to, I was used to making this, now I don't even know if I'm going to have a job. Yeah. So it's going to take people, listen, life isn't a straight road. Nobody said it is. So with these curveballs, we have to first look at ourselves. Then we have to look at our families. Then we have to look at our businesses. And then the common denominator on all of this stuff, whether it's business or social or political, is community. Yeah. Within that vertical of community, we all have to find a new place. So, you know, you're obviously two businesses on the go, the commercial real estate and uh, the cannabis uh, companies, uh, you know, obviously very busy as an entrepreneur. How do you find that that uh, work-life balance uh, to keep you sane, I guess? <laughs> yeah, well, first, I <laughs> thank you for saying I'm sane. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good one for me. Because uh, sometimes I get called a little colorful. Uh, and I think that's probably part of the DNA of an entrepreneur. Uh, as far as what's next, I am completely open. Every day I am looking for opportunities. I, I see an opportunity. I, right now I have some vacant space in one of the buildings that I have. And I have said to my, my kids, one of them just graduated. The other, I said, hang up a shingle. We've got a whiteboard. And I don't care what the business is. Now is the time for both youth and middle age and towards the end to start looking at these things that maybe had a passion when you were younger and then you just kind of got a job or, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy road. It's not. Yeah. But with tenacity and perseverance and conviction of purpose, there's success at the end of that stick. So how do you get beyond, uh, I guess that fear, how do you get beyond fear of change of fear of, of, uh, taking a risk of doing something different? Yeah. So I've really started listening to my intuition. And I know for some people that might be a little out there, but the interesting thing is, and I and, and start listening to your words. So one of the things that I, I had said to my business partner, 
was, you know what, we're all going to have to do things that we don't want to do. And I kept on hammering this to him. And then I turned around and thought, you know, within my own basket of things, I can cull and get myself prepared for what is to come next. So as a result, I ended up getting rid of some real estate that I owned. And now I'm ready for that next step. So, but I'm still sitting on vacancy. Uh, I've got the whiteboard with my daughter uh, and we're just, we're going full steam ahead with, with something. I don't know what it is. Just hang up a shingle, go to the registry office, spend $300, become a president and make it happen. Okay, super. Thanks for joining us today, Karen, on Calgary's podcast. Thank you very much, Mario. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.